Our world is dying, politicians are lying And just when you feel like crying Sit and have a listen to people who have shit themselves Hi, I'm Claudia. I'm Evie, and we are the hosts of The Poodcast, a podcast where we basically tell stories about people pooing themselves. The Poodcast is also a podcast that will focus on and discuss the issues surrounding bowel and bladder conditions, such as IBS, Crohn's, colitis, celiac disease, cystitis, urinary incontinence, and plenty more. We want to break the stigma surrounding these conditions and get people talking about toilets. There we go. Hey, oh, hey, oh. We- <laughs> Can you please not get so rowdy in the introduction? Jesus. <laughs> we have historically found these topics especially difficult to talk about, whether it's an invisible illness or just what our bodies do naturally every day. So we think it's time to change that. This week, our focus will be on parenthood. This week, our focus will... <laughs> Jesus, fuck. It's because I'm reading an old plan for the introduction because I didn't copy and paste it into the new one. Me neither. Me neither. This week, our focus will be on the gender poo gap part two, the revisione, the second sequel, no, the first sequel, the second episode, the Dark Knight Rises or whatever the fuck the second one is. It's the Twin Towers, Chamber of Secrets. Claudia, um, how are you? How's your bum and how's your tum? My tum is straight up rubbish. It's rubbish. Oh, mate. That... I mean, I don't know what I expected, but I am sorry. I'm sorry too. It's just, well, not a lot's gone. No, I don't know. I was about to say stuff's gone down, stuff's gone out. Nothing's gone up. Um, Well, actually, something nearly did because it's all about period stuff. That's why my tum is rubbish. But I didn't use any tampons this week. Like, does she bleed all day? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Good lord, I'm sorry, I'm overtired. Right, Jesus. what's happened? No, I don't. The thing is, like, I know that, and that many people, many people have periods. It's just that I usually don't. Ever since I've been on this pill, I don't have Ooh. periods. And if I do, it's kind of like phantom periods where I just get the cramps. No, no, this week had a full blown period, and I don't think I've had one in about eight, nine months, <laughs> nine months. Um, no. <laughs> And I've got this huge swollen stomach. And it's I'm so weird. And this, this massive thing fell out of me in the toilet. <laughs> it was a very big poo. <laughs> it was a massive one. Oh my God, sorry. Thing. I actually know somebody that that happened to. She's from Shut my up. school. She didn't know she was pregnant. She gave birth on the toilet. Doesn't that just make you want to cry? That's terrifying. We're told I know, that, that had... doesn't happen. It's a cryptic pregnancy. Anyway. Oh, Jesus. Well, continue. I don't think I'm pregnant, but... It, and I just forgot how horrible periods are. Mm. They're the worst. And I've just had the worst tummy cramps all week. I was so looking forward to my weekend just gone because I just had a bit of a crazy week at work. And I thought, I'll just chill and have a really good lie-in. No, it's six o'clock in the morning. I had to go get in the bath because I had such bad tummy pains. And it was all just feeling like it was all twisting around inside. And then you just feel oh. a bit gross anyway, don't you? So I just wanted to be clean. And I'm like, this sucks. Like, yeah. it is hard. Do you, so every, oh Christ, yeah. I mean that it's just so unnecessary. It's unnecessary. <laughs> just feel like of all the things, it's just one fucking straw to break the camel's back. I yeah, it you know. Is. So, um, is there any reason that it might just sort of? I mean, I'm saying, is there any reason about bodies when obviously the answer is no? But why it's just occurred now for the first I, time in nine months? I was actually thinking about this, and I was looking it up online, and apparently one of the things it could be could be stress, 
Really? Yeah, that like your body could like be going into like a a a stress mode that that it's kind of not that it's like fight or flight must menstruate (laughs) now, Um, that like it's almost like get get I don't know I don't I don't fucking really understand it at all but that that was one of the possible things and last week was quite stressful Um, and another one you know could just be literally it's just it's just your body every now and again kind of kicking back into its old mode while you're pumping all these horrible hormones into your body um so i I honestly don't know but i just i just forgot how how annoying it is and 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 how painful it can be and it made me think as well like i remember one of my mates at school she ran out of this class like sobbing and i got asked by the teacher to go check she was right in the toilet and honestly i thought one of her families died or her boyfriend's just broken up with her. Like she was, she looked just that she that she was going through something traumatic, and no, she was just in the toilet, like keeling over because she had such bad period pains. I remember oh. my little sister used to have to take days and days off at a time off school, and I think we really do have the right to complain about it. And the fact that all the tampon tax stuff is still still happening is actually quite unbelievable. I think what irks me most about the tampon tax is that men's razors um are not luxury tax because it's a you know you shouldn't have to have a beard if you don't want one and the thing that fucks me off about that is <laughs> if you have facial hair you can get you can get through the day you may yeah. not like the way you look you can get through the day it's it's not really feasible to bleed through clothes no no, especially and, not and if you are working with those beardy men who will exactly. be very uncomfortable. I even thought before I was going to answer this question, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about periods because I know we talk about poo and bodily functions, but I know that we have, you know, male listeners who might, this might make them feel uncomfortable. And then I checked <laughs> the four myself. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> Dead the, off now. <laughs> my dad, my uncle, your my dad, dad, your uncle. Um, and, <laughs> but I just thought... Check yourself. Like, in what world should we not be allowed to talk about these things that happen to us constantly? And especially on a podcast where I'm supposed to be talking about being open about things that happen to us naturally. And I was worried about talking about my rubbish period. Well, I'm glad that you have spoken about it because I'm sure, I mean, I know there is a big awareness, I think, at the moment about being able to talk about periods and, and menstruation. But I don't think that it is really it's really heard because everybody's still getting used to getting over the stigma of talking about it, that we're still only basically hearing it, but we're not actually really listening to what's being said. And I think there needs to be uh, more understanding for what people are going through like in that moment. It's very difficult, I would imagine, to say, I'm actually having period right now as we speak and I'm really yes. in pain right now and I need to go right now. That is very, very difficult. I still find it really, really difficult. If I've, like, if I've got diarrhea, it's fine for me to talk about it in the past. If I've got diarrhea in that moment or whatever it may be, it's very hard to say. So I think yeah, you, you talk about it, Claudia, you talk about it. I'm well, pleased that you've done that. And how are you feeling now? Is it still a complete horror show? No, I feel like it's still going on, but the the pain seemed to have, you know, it basically just lasted the whole weekend where I was supposed yeah. to be relaxing and now I'm back oh, at work. Perfect. It's kind of okay again, which is just fantastic. Um, but... Yeah, it is. It's all right. I feel like I'm tiptoeing around a little bit. Like usually, I would just get changed in our bedroom. Like if my boyfriend's there, I don't, don't give a crap about being naked in front of him. And yet, I find myself like you know just checking my knickers and foot and just putting it in the bathroom bin. And I just think, oh, this is just a bit silly. But I also think it's just because I'm just not used to having them anymore. So I just I feel a little bit like 
a part of me feels very connected to my body right now. Another part of me is like, I don't recognize this bitch. She's very annoying and I'd like her to go away. I didn't request this. No, I did not request it. Sorry, I thought that that's what you were saying. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no one actually asked you. (laughs) Sorry, Claudia. I don't give a shit about what's going in your bathroom bin. (laughs) You should. That's going to be my next Instagram segment. (laughs) Um, so without wanting to dob anybody in, we both know somebody, don't we, who's going through quite a traumatic time, period-wise. Yeah, we do. And I'm sure she wouldn't mind us saying that she is struggling a lot uh, with and she's going through all tests at the minute. I was actually thinking a lot about it when we were looking at Lottie's episode um, last week when she was talking about um, her the connection between her bowel and her... She was saying it was the lesions, wasn't she, on there that that was what was causing her so much pain um, and the tests uh, for endometriosis and things. And I think I didn't really realise how much these things um, are not taken seriously until you scream down a phone. Um, and from from speaking with her, I think it has literally gotten to the point where she, she said to me, she's like, I feel like I have to be a bitch in order for somebody to go, oh, okay, fine, let's get her in. And because what they're saying is, fine, you're in a bit of pain, but the main source of the problem is that, like, you're essentially bleeding everywhere. Like, so we can't, you're not high up on the list. Well, it's like, well, actually, if you can't go into work or, you know, you're worried about putting on your wedding dress um, because it's that bad, then then that is a significant problem and, and quite scary. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. And I think this is very topical um, in regards to what we're going to cover today on mm. this episode of the podcast. This is all part of it. And how is your bum and tam, my delicious little friend? Oh, thank you. Um, for some reason, for a second, I thought you were going to say my delicious little anus. I don't know why that popped into my head, but that would have been very nice. <laughs> Do you want me to, I'll say it again. How is your bum and tub, my delicious little anus? <laughs> I like that a lot. Oh. Um, my anus is pretty delicious, I think, at the moment. Um, sure it is. I've, I've been asking I've, around. I've got good news. Well, I originally had bad news and I've in a way also got bad news, but it's come full circle, the problem. So what begun as um, shortage of dungarees was the problem. I wanted a pair of dungarees that I could wear to work all the time because of bloating. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Sorry. It's because you had the same serious face that I did when I was talking about like endometriosis. and There is a problem. <laughs> it's the same face. As the short of his dungarees, and I appreciate that. Continue. Can we please take this seriously? It's been a hot topic of debate. Um, so my problem is this was a shortage of dungarees. I wanted to wear dungarees daily for work. Sure. Because they're good for bloating, good for the weather, and you can just wear the same thing every day and just change the t-shirt underneath. I don't even have to think about and it. And you always look a little bit cool. Because you have to be a little bit cool to wear some dungarees. Yeah. I think so. I look like, hey, young professional decorating her house. And the pockets in dungarees. There are always pockets <gasps> in dungarees. Great. Yes. So I ordered a pair of little, like, sort of cotton dungarees. And they're fine, but they were cheapies. They don't have very deep pockets. They are held up by one button. I know a stretch in the wrong direction. They're going to ping off. I've been for months wanting a pair of dungarees. A well-known brand. I might, maybe, maybe I mention. Do you think I can? I can mention. Yeah, Lucy yeah. and Yak. Exactly. I wanted a pair yeah. of Lucy and Yak dungarees. Um, looking for ages, even though I wear them every day, I felt like I couldn't justify it. So I found on Depop, they sell 
brand new Lucy and Yak dungarees, but a discounted rate if they've got any sort of dye or stitching errors, but they're ti- like tiny, like not even noticeable. So I ordered a pair for like literally half price, pink, so happy. So um, Thank you so much. Then they arrived and I thought, oh, great. Um, I've got the Lucy and Yak dungarees. Here they are. Here's what I'm after. Great. The next day, I found the pair of dungarees that I'd lost two years ago and have been harking after since because they were in the winter wardrobe suitcase because we don't have enough for all of our space. A winter wardrobe suitcase. I know. So then I was like, Christ, and I've got, really, I've got three pairs of dungarees, sort of one lighter wear, one pink, one bog standard denim. And then over the weekend, I filmed a commercial with my boyfriend. Yes, she did. Because um, they wanted a real couple because of COVID restrictions. So we and you guys are nothing but real. Hey, Jesus. look, we're a convincing, happy couple um, for the time being. Yeah. And so we did the costume fitting and one of the potential outfits was a pair of dungarees, aged 14 to 15 from Marks and Spencer. And I put them on. I said to the costume lady, I said, oh, I absolutely love them. She was like... And she sent the pictures off to production. She was like, no, they want you in the other outfit. And I was like, oh, I'm really disappointed. I like these dungarees. And she went, you can just have them then. <gasps> and a pair of shoes. So I came away with these dungarees I'm wearing right now. Love them. Aged, they're so comfy. So many pockets. Because they're like teenagers ones, they're not trying to make your waist look smaller or make yes. you look cool. They're just really comfortable. So now... I've got fucking dungarees coming out my arse. And is, and is this tingle. what you were thinking of when I asked you how your bum and your tongue was? You were thinking that you've got dungarees coming out of your arsehole. Yeah, I thought there's not nothing too bad coming out of them at the moment. It's four pairs of dungas. Um, that is sensational. So that so basically, bum and tum are fine. I was looking after speaking to Lottie. I was looking for something, some kind of bloat friendly clothing. Mm. I thought dungarees might be the way to go. So yes, yeah, so now I've got loads. So if you want a pair of dungarees, um, not the Lucy Nyat ones, so I'm very attached to them. But oh, I've got a spare denim pair if you want them. I actually could do with a spare denim pair I'll in my derriere. Yeah, up in here, up in there. I'm going fucking crazy. I had the worst day at work. Sorry. Right. Oh, honey. Anyway, so yeah, too many pairs of dungarees, but of all the problems, that's not a bad problem to have. <laughs> Groundbreaking stuff, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> Just the poo of us. You and I. So this week, we're looking at the gender poo gap. We looked at that in our first episode. Um, and this particular segment that I would like to talk about is toilet enjoyment inequality. Um, obviously, in many ways, things are tricky for women for a number of reasons that we'll come on to and have covered before. But I just briefly want to talk about how men are being done the dirty toilet wise. I saw on Twitter a, a picture. It's a picture of a, a sink uh, and a urinal. And above the sink where a mirror would be, it says, you don't need a mirror, you're a man. What do you think about this? I think that's basically saying that you're not allowed to care about your appearance if you're a man, you're not deserving of the mirror. And that if you do, that is shameful. And also that it's embarrassing that women do care or that that women should care. Yeah, Basically, yeah. I that's, wonder why that's an absolute shit fest. And I'm where was this? Do you know where? I, I saw it on Twitter, and uh, I don't know what the source is, but <laughs> it came with a very funny caption saying, "Hey man, is it gay to self 
perceive. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, honestly, it's the most ridiculous thing. Can you imagine, like, if you're a man and you're in this bar, I assume this is in a bar, or anyway, some kind of public place, and you go to the bathroom, maybe you've got, you know, you just want to look at your appearance, you've got a problem, contact lens has gone awry, and you've been told that you don't need a mirror in the bathroom because you're a man. What the fuck's that about? No wonder men don't spend long enough in the toilets because they don't, in you know, going for a wee. Also, what poor bugger if he had gone in there and then thought, oh, maybe like he's on a date. Or do you know what sort of, he doesn't have to be on a date. He just wants to look in the mirror and check himself. He did not see that he had... A massive thing of cabbage in in his teeth. Oh, that is he he did not see that he had a runny nose. He did not see that he had a big white head on his forehead. <gasps> and then he's oh. gone back out into the world, potentially lost a job or a lover. And it's all because some dickhead thought it'd be a bit funny to put a slogan on a mirror. And I'm not a massive one for words on pictures or stuff anyway. I don't really like yeah. that live, laugh, love, like suck a fat one. But I I am appalled by this and I hope, I hope and pray that no men have um, lost loved ones because of this negligence. Well, I don't think you're going to like what's coming next then, given how oh. down. <laughs> the next thing that's coming up are uh, some pictures, again, that I found on Twitter. So it's a picture of adjacent gents on ladies' toilets. And adjacent. on the, the... Adjacent, sorry. Oh, I, in my head I was like, Jason, like, who... Don't go Jason Waterfalls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're two, two cubicles right next to each other. The yeah. men's toilet door is painted blue and the women's toilet door is painted pink. Guess the group. On the, on the men's door, it says, do epic shit. <laughs> Obviously, grammatic, grammatically, that doesn't even make sense, but that's fine. It says, do epic shit. On do the ladies, epic shit. On the ladies' door, it says, smile, you're losing weight. Are you... Okay. How do we feel about this? All right. Okay, everyone collectively take a deep breath. There is not one aspect of this picture and design that doesn't make my blood boil. But everything about it, they may as well have just written fuck off Evie Killip on it. That's how much it offends me. But it is, it's just that, it, do you know what? Like, take the toilet out of it. Like, it, it is literally... It's everything that we see every single day in fashion, in retail, when it comes to gender. Like, even the fact that the guy's one has epic on it. It's like any kind of little boy's t-shirt that's like, you're a superhero. scientist, astronaut. Even when we are going to the toilet to do something that, you know, we're supposed to not talk about anyway because our dainty little selves apparently don't have rectums, that... It then is all about the fact that we're losing weight so we'll be slimmer and more attractive for those epic shitters next door. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It does make you think, like, where do we go from here? How do we find these people? Because I don't think the people who make stuff like this are ever going to change their minds about no, patriarchy. No, it's because they're all jumped up little fucking advertising cokeheads that have come straight out of Oxford and they can all just, as you say, suck a big fat one. Also, who passed <laughs> this on this? This is too who, strong. You know, what, <laughs> what kind of... What kind of meeting were they in when they were like, oh, you know, Gareth's got a new thing to pitch, guys. Um, Right, so I'm looking at the toilets and I'm thinking, you know, guys want to be big. up. They want to do epic shit, even though they that want to sense. Do. Just like, 
epic no, don't even shit. say A. I just want do epic shit. Three main points. Don't. Do epic they don't shit. need to. They really, really don't want to think about like extra like nouns or any kind of pronouns in there. So we're just going to go do epic shit. Don't need time to think about it. Just go in there, get it done. Ladies, 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 what ladies. Do, what do women like? They like They like losing weight. weight. They like thinking bags. about losing weight. They like worrying about losing weight. They really, really like actually constantly panicking about losing weight. Fantastic, Gareth. You've got a raise. Everyone down revs. Strippers and shots on me. Everyone down revs. <laughs> actually quite like revs. There is another um, picture. Again, this is on Twitter with the... <laughs> <laughs> with the caption, I would shit on the floor before I'd walk through these doors. And again, it's two adjacent um, men's and women's toilets. And on the men's door, it just has the word blah. And on the women's door, it has blah, 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 painted all over it to insinuate that all women do with the toilet is talk to talk. Oh my God. And men just say one thing and then they get out and get back to making 28 pence a minute more than us or whatever the fuck it is one if women do talk a lot in the toilet it's often because they're having to queue because men can go quite easily to the toilet because there's a load more urinals because they take up far less fucking room than stools and they don't have to compete with freaking skirts so you've got to do loads of buttons in and tights and blah 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 two if we do all talk to each other in the toilet it's because we're actually all a lot more open about our emotions and able to converse with each other as oh gotcha about, oh, I, I'll, no, I'll just good, get good I'll just get out Exactly. And I think that's wonderful. Some of my Thanks. favourite people in the world that I've only spoken to for five minutes, I met in a yeah. women's toilet. And I hope they're all doing as fantastically as they were in that moment. And we both <laughs> said to each other, you look fucking fit. Go back out there. Go smash life. Brenda, I love you. I'm going to see you again. It, Probably never. It is a tale as old as time. There is not one woman in this world who has not met their best mate in a toilet in a club and told each other that you are glowing. And, and the, th- the things we say to each other, do you know what, even, I know that obviously we didn't meet in this moment of the toilet because we've been on holiday together, but when we were in Marbella, we found these um these <laughs> oh, toilets, didn't we? That they were literally, it was like walking into America's Next Top Model. The oh, lighting yeah. in that room was unbelievable. And we all immediately were like, stand over there, I need to take a photo of you. I need to take a photo of how you look at this moment because it is glorious. Stand there, turn to the side. Oh my God, I'm going to marry you. I'm going to do you. It was but- <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> but the thing is, I like that support and I feel kind of sad for men if they don't really have that. I would love it if I walked past a dirty Weatherspoons toilet and could just hear a bunch of men being like, oh yeah, no, to the side. Yeah, to the side, Dave. Oh, you've never oh, she's looked better. she's going to love this. Love, love that bevel. <laughs> she's gonna, she could never say no to this. Oh, just oh amazing. Oh, shit, I've just not my voice note either. Um, I mean, right, we I should like- call that segment Doors to a Bore. Oh, I like that a lot. Doors yeah. to a ball. I've got one final thing I would like to round this section. Oh my God, guys, she's got a book out. And this is, <laughs> I read two books. Um, This is called Invisible Women Exposing Data Bias in a World Designed for Men. Brilliant. Uh, I'm reading it a lot and I've got lots to say about it. I'd just like to read you a section about um gender neutral toilets. In April 2017, journalist... Samira Ahmed went to use a toilet. She was at a screening of I Am Not Your Negro at London's famous Barbican Art Centre and it was the interval. 
Any woman who has ever been to the theatre knows what this means. A rush as soon as the lights go up to try to beat the inevitable queue that will soon be snaking its way across the foyer floor. Women are used to queuing when they go out. It's frustrating and it puts a dampener on their evening. No nice interval chit-chat about the show with their friends over a drink, just a dull, tedious lining up, occasionally leavened by the knowing eye rolls they share with their fellow waiting women. This evening was different. This evening the queue was worse than usual. Far worse, because in an almost comically blatant display of not having thought about women at all, the Barbican had turned both the male and female toilets gender neutral by simply replacing the men and women signage with gender neutral with urinals and gender neutral with cubicles. The obvious happened. Only men were using the supposedly gender neutral with urinals and everybody was using the gender neutral with cubicles. Rather than rendering the toilets actually gender neutral by this move, they had simply increased the provision of men. Women are generally not able to use urinals, while men, of course, are able to use both. There were also no sanitary bins in the gender neutral with urinals toilets. What I found most frustrating about that is is that for um, women and people who are non-binary and trans women, gender neutral toilets are very important because they need a safe space that they can go to. But no women... Lots of trans men and no trans women would feel safe using or be able to use a male toilet because the threat is always cisgendered men. So it's that the provision, exactly as she points out, um, it's written, sorry, by Caroline Criado Perez. She, what she's saying there is, is that in order to make things neutral, actually what you've just done is made the provision for men. And I, I feel quite strongly about gender neutral toilets and kind of making all toilets gender neutral. Um, but as you really um, keenly pointed out earlier, it's very difficult because urinals take up a lot less space than stalls, so you can get the turnaround is much quicker for a number of reasons. Um, yeah, what did you think about that? I just think it's just lazy. Like it, it's thinking, oh, we're in this age now where we have to tick a lot of boxes to show that we care about everybody but they're not actually looking into what that means and how that helps people not even have a have a um a easier experience but have that sense that they that they uh deserve a seat a literal deserve a toilet seat that everybody should have that and i think sometimes doing these things but then not actually putting the work in and and sitting down with with both men and women at a table and thinking right how is this actually going to work for everybody what they've done is just gone oh, okay um well people are probably going to be a bit cross with us if we don't start looking at you know gender neutral toilets so let's just do that do that it'll be done in five minutes and then everybody can say oh look how forward thinking we are look how woke we are and then that's that when actually what is the point in doing that if you're not actually going to put the work in why bother i, c- I completely agree because it is that sort of um showing that Oh yeah, look, we do have gender neutral toilets. Well, no, you don't really. Actually, you've got you don't. two types of men's toilets and you know one cubicle for everybody else. This book, I would highly recommend. I'm going to talk about it a little tiny bit more later, but um, I'd highly recommend it. Cause she talks a lot about um, the problems with uh, public toilets and mm. provisions for women, non-binary people, and uh, trans women as well. Just the poo of us, you and I. All right, babe, strap in. Get your get your get your gin, get your get your nachos, whatever it is, because it's time for poo or false. The gender poo gap edition. 
got five questions for you, Eves. Question number one. Gastro doctors who do not know a patient's sex would be able to correctly guess their sex after performing a colonoscopy. I buy that 100%. I'm going to say that's poo. It is poo. Congratulations, you little clever sausage. It's due to the additional internal organs, female colons, they're slightly longer and they hang a little bit lower than those yeah, of males. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, so you we think hang your balls little. hang low. We hang friggin' lower to Nelly <laughs> like the elephant. Lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and you can see these differences um, during colonoscopies. So well done. One point to you, my friend. Question number two. Laws in America to separate public restrooms were put in place at the end of the 18th century, poo or false. So i.e. they weren't always separated. Uh, I'll say poo again. It's false. It was oh. actually at the end of the 19th century. That's how late oh. it was. Whoa. Massachusetts was the first. Um, I read this fascinating article, which I'll make sure goes into the show notes, explaining how this all started in America. But so when women started to leave the home and start going into the workplace, factories, things like that, um, <laughs> the men were very worried. It, they were very concerned because the women were scientifically weaker and so they needed uh, they needed protection, so they gave them less work hours and they gave them more rest periods and then they needed safe spaces to have these rest periods during their working day. So these were the ladies' reading rooms um, or the women-only parlours. Um, Can we bring I, this back? Fucking I know. <laughs> Sounds the best. We need more breaks. I get actually, very tired. I've got yes. very small wrists. I actually feel like we should, though. When when I were talking about being on my period, I, I could really have done some more breaks today when I'm walking around yeah. feeling like absolute death. Or just death. like a, p- a pie or something. But this all came, and this all kind of heightened when the Victorians came and they put loads and loads of importance on uh, women's modesty and their, and their privacy. So... The uh, the legislators making uh, the new workplaces, they wanted to make it they called a a home like haven for women. So that's when they started separating the restrooms so that the that the women could could rest in peace and put their dainty little bottoms um in down in their little their little safe spaces, their little reading rooms and parlors. Number three. If a building had gender-neutral toilets with 300 employees, so 150 male identifying and 150 female identifying, the Mm. average wait time for every female would decrease by two and a half minutes. So if they gave everybody the same amount of toilets technically because they're all gender-neutral, females would have to wait uh, two and a half minutes less than they usually do. Oh, do you know what? I honestly think it could be more than two and a half minutes, so I'm going to say false. It is false, but because it's less, it would only decrease by 20 seconds, which actually seems mental considering how long we often have to wait. Um, and for men, it would increase by 20 seconds, which they don't even know what it means to queue. Well, in a way, that's quite interesting because then that means it's 40 seconds overall. Yeah, that's true. So well, they... If- they were. This article was looking at um, companies that have unisex bathrooms. So lots of companies have refused it, but like big dogs like Google, BBC, and Barclays and stuff, they've all opted in. Um, but a famous case of it not going very well was in 2018. Um, female employees at the Home Office refused to use the unisex bathrooms because they kept walking in on their male colleagues who would refuse to shut their cubicle door. 
Oh my gosh, that is such a thing. I did that once. I think I was in like a beach or a, by a beach and they had like beach toilets nearby. And like I went into a cubicle door because it was open and there was a man in there and he was like, oi. And I was like, or just close the fucking door. Like I'm all close the door. It's, the cubicle is open. But I suppose they're not used to going into urinal and closing. Get over it. Them. Like I'm not oh, used to, you know, yeah. I often, if I go for a wee and it's just me and my boyfriend home, I don't close the door. If you were around, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but if you were around, or or basically somebody that I don't live with, I'll just close the door. I wouldn't be like, well, you know, this is what I usually do, so you can't come in, sorry, or you yeah. can come in and look at my bare ass. Um, number four, the website We Love Dates mm-hmm. asked um men particularly to state their biggest turnoffs, and one of the highest comments on there was hairy arms and farting. On women or yeah. anyone. They're not going to get on with me. <laughs> yep, just checked again. Uh, Zero I, matches. <laughs> I'm going to say poo, definitely. It is poo. Like, I mean, there were, that was quite a, a common one was, was women uh, being open. And they didn't necessarily discuss poo, but farting was a big one. Which, to be perfectly honest... I don't love it. It doesn't, you know, I wouldn't be like, no, <laughs> oh, love finger. a man that... F- <laughs> what think, I'm looking for is flatulence. Yeah, I think just making it specific to women saying that it's disgusting when they do it. I'm like, well, it's not great when anybody does it, to be honest. And I don't think we should be made to feel bad about it. I don't love it when men do it either. <laughs> Number five, you've done very well on this, Eves. So a survey done this year by the company UK Bathrooms found that men spent more time on the loo. Poo or false? Now, I feel like I can't get this right either way. Oh, tricky, tricky, tricky. Oh, God. I'm going to get... Sophie's I'm, choice. I know. Right, fine. I'm going to commit to my thoughts. I'm going to say that I think it's poo. It is poo. Good. So this survey found that men spend an average of one hour and 35 minutes on the loo each week or nearly 14 minutes a day compared with women who spend 55 minutes a week on the toilet or almost eight minutes a day. Well, uh, I've got a lot to say about this. I think that is... a deep underestimate um, <laughs> in your I, house, definitely. I, I, when you said an hour and 30 minutes i was like oh a day no a week and yeah to be are, fair that is know, a deep underestimate that is really really interesting though i just find it fascinating and i'm not going to go on about it i'm not going to slag any men or women off for how long they spend on the toilet i think i've done that enough but i just i do find it fascinating so I just interesting. i just want to know like you know what, if you do spend a long time in there and it's not because of gut problems, um, what is it that you're doing? Are you getting your best thoughts on the loo? Do you find that that is, that is your, you know, your alone time, your me time? Do you like to sit and read? Like if you are spending long amounts of time in there, what are you doing? I'll tell you exactly what it is. It is looking at Expert 11 it is reading Our producer's the just online, reading. it's not reading, it isn't, it's looking at Expert 11, it is reading Empire or reading The Athletic and having uh, an empty head. It's not meditation, Nick, he's just sent us a message. Nick, it's not meditation, can you please stop with this there's no space for your i don't like now that we're now that we're doing all this over zoom our our producer thinks it's it's okay to just just write little quips on the on the comment section on zoom as as if your opinion matters to us well who's got the microphone now (laughs) stop saying it's not life thoughts or poetry shut up 
We all know you spend the longest on on the toilet, darling. Don't get upset about it. And that, my friends, was poo or false. Just the poo of us, you and I. So, Claudia, I want to talk to you about the um, gender medical gap, which we've kind of um, touched on from a sort of um, speculative perspective. I just want to talk about a chapter called uh, The Drugs Don't Work that is in um, Invisible Women, the book that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And this section uh, opens with a story of a woman called uh, Michelle, uh, who took, uh, I think it was 19 years to be diagnosed with ulcerative colitis Um, and she'd been told that um, everything was in her head and that she'd had medical uh, examinations including speculums being inserted to her vagina without her permission constantly been asked whether or not she was pregnant and uh, yes for such a long time that she went through all of this pain and she was finally diagnosed with both IBS and ulcerative colitis and the quote that says as um, and the quote says Funnily enough, Michelle says, my colon is not in my head. Um, And yeah, I just thought that was very prevalent and reminded me so much of um, so many guests and people we've had write to us have experienced this. And I always felt a bit awkward saying it because I don't want to slag off doctors, particularly when there are so many possible reasons why abdomens and stomach areas um, let's face it especially women's areas why that could be it could be you know hundreds of potential problems um and obviously everything has to be sort of crossed off but this book has um helped me understand further as to why this might be and it's because of um within medicine the male body is seen as the norm um, mm. and everything uh, aside from that is sort of different and not really taken into consideration particularly in um, drug trials uh, clinical research scientific research it's yeah. always done on men when you look at um, medical books and biology books the outline is always that of a if, it, if it's not to do with reproduction in women it's a man's body this is where the bone this this bone is and this is where this um, organ is it's always on a, a men's body and for such a long time women's bodies haven't had the right language uh, mm. it says the um in it goes back to the ancient greeks that um they kicked off the trend of seeing the female body as a mutilated male body yes and the female but it also probably um this is compounded by the bible the fact that um eve is made from adam's rib um the female was the male turned outside in and ovaries were female testicles and they were not given their own name until the 17th century and the uterus was described as the female scrotum. Uh, and then finally the womb got, uh, in ancient Greek, name, named the same thing as a hysteria. Um, and I just find that so fascinating that our, our sort of sexism within medicine is just so deeply ingrained from layers of medical research or even just language. Um and yeah, I just find it all really, really interesting. So this this section has particularly helped me understand why so many people, uh, particularly women, take so long to get diagnosed with endometriosis and, and mm. bowel conditions. I just found it really interesting. And I think the language part of it is actually what can be very dangerous because we, you know, are not being medical professionals. There's only so many like... Are we not? That, well, yeah, I actually... <laughs> I'm having to tell myself that. Um but like we, uh, the general public not having a uh, vast medical knowledge when what they will take from things are not often scientific facts, but it's words, it's language that you hear every day. And then that just gets carried through 
life. Like, it, there always seems to be the female version, or even just the word tomboy, everything, like, down to its most basic things, that that even if we want to in, enjoy things in life, it has to be explained that this is typically enjoyed by men, and it's strange that you enjoy this. Um, and the, the medical trials just makes me think, I don't know if we've discussed this before, but I just found this fascinating when I found out about Viagra. That oh, it was yes. yeah, that it was first trial to help with was it migraines or or something like that and and then it was found that it had this another amazing power that was beneficial to men, even in the subsequent trials that found that it was actually really, really helpful for um uh menstruation cramps and things like that. And yet it's still that's not what it's sold for because it's not seen as a big enough market or not it's enough big enough moneymaker. Yeah, ex- exactly. It is mind blowing. It is really um, upsetting. I think it's also upsetting. Um, I don't know if we've, you and I've spoken about this before, but the female heart attack, everything. Well, I mean, basically everything is different in, in men and women when it comes to medicine, the way in which, I don't know, even the way that autism may present itself in women is completely different. We don't yeah. associate the um, some of the uh, qualities of a person being typically autistic because the criteria is all male, but even within heart attacks, women don't know they're having a heart attack and women's heart attacks can go on, be ongoing for two, three days, but they don't know because they think tingling pain down the left side of your body, uh, you know, chest pains and and the remedy to that is maybe taking aspirin. Aspirin doesn't work on women and they're not the symptoms women have because we don't talk about heart disease in women. It's focused on on, on men. And she took, you know, she talks a lot about that in the book as well. And it is, um, it's just so widespread. It's just so many aspects. I also, I agree with what you were saying earlier about like, you know, understanding that you do have to tick things off. You know, you have to check things out. If if they don't know something, then they might have to check, is it pregnancy? Is it IBS when actually it turns out to be IBD? All, all these things. But tick it off and then move on. This yeah. is what I, I don't understand. And what I personally found difficult when when I was going through everything with nerve damage is that, I would then get to another appointment and they would say, oh, you know, you should probably have this looked at. And I said, I have. I've had like an MRI two times now and they haven't found that. And they'll go, okay, well, you know, I don't know what it is then. It's like, okay, can you just give me a document that I take to each appointment and we'll literally go through it like a shopping list and cross it off and let's go on to the next thing. Like it shouldn't have to be that you cross something off and you say, well, until you... Or, or somebody near you thinks, oh, that's a bit of a hunch. Let's go get that tested before yeah, somebody offers you help in a different a different area. Of, to me, feels like a lack of creativity as well, lack of curiosity. And I think a lot of the time passing things off as, oh, well, it's probably just that or, you know, being told things in your head or you're not managing pain well or you're just stressed. The it's frustrating because especially when you're saying there is something wrong with me or I have had that MRI scan or it's not this. Um there seems to be a lack of curiosity there. It seems like walking down blind alleys and then just keep ramming heads against the wall and not looking for a, a way out. It's really frustrating. Um, but yeah, the, so the, the the gender medical gap is is very real um, mm. in, in all aspects. And um, I would highly recommend people reading this book. Um, yeah, it talks amazing. about g- gender inequality, data sort of everywhere, but highly recommend it. I also just want to have a little takeaway from this section. Claudia. You and I can do serious, man. 
We do the real we issues. We get to the can. beating heart of society. I can feel like can my, my frown line's coming in. And do you know what? I, I like it. It's making me look older. And by God, do I need to look older? I need to stop getting ID'd everywhere I go. So maybe maybe this is a good thing. Just the poo of us. You and I. Okay, so uh, we have been talking to uh, some people in our lives and we've had some emails sent in all on the topic of the gender poo gap and we've noted down some of our favourite quotes, there are some real humdingers, um, of of what you guys, just you, you know, your average Joes out there. Think, <laughs> or Josephines. <laughs> the little people, or Josephines, um, think about the gender poo gap. Um, so to kick it off, love this one. How it's socially acceptable for a guy to just go for a shit and announce it, whereas for a girl, it's like trying to work out the Da Vinci code of going without anyone knowing you're going. That is a skill. It's it's the idea of like I gotta keep I gotta keep myself subtle if you know I want to be. Yeah. Well, you want to go and lose weight, and they want to go and do epic shit. So lovely little email sent in here. Uh, my boyfriend and I face the same problem every single time we go for dinner. He is gluten sensitive and I am not. And whenever he requests the GF menu on the server's return, they automatically hand me the menu. Their assumption being he was asking on my behalf. This feeds into the narrative that a gluten-free diet is for weight or dieting purposes and not a medical requirement. I also usually order a beer and him a wine or cider. The beer is always placed in front of him first. Think there's an A... Oh, no, that's an... <laughs> that's going on to the next one. Um, let me do that again. Uh, I also usually order a beer and him a wine or cider and the beer is always placed in front of him first. Oh. It, it's so true that every time we go out for dinner, they will hand my boyfriend uh, the bill or always give him the glass of wine to try from the bottle. I'm like, babe, why do I not to get to do the fake swirling around before I definitely say <laughs> yes? Because whoever says no, like who are the people that say no to that? You you, you swill it and then you say yes. Like, that's just maybe, they, maybe they hadn't ID'd you yet. <laughs> We're not going to give that nine-year-old some wine. <laughs> but it is like, uh, that is fascinating though about the gluten-free diet though isn't it that that is still what people think yeah. it's for is and that's also, i'm sure quite frustrating frustrating for her in the the fact that you what you think that i can't speak for myself and order my own things but also the fact that he will have asked for it it's being handed to someone else and then he's ordered the beer he said could i have a beer uh, or could i have a cider or a wine please and the beer gets placed in front of him like remember what people ordered <laughs> like, yeah also yeah be good at your I job said. but also like i mean jesus Gluten, gluten is not like a girly intolerance. Like I know that I we really that we have found that these that. things that can be um, predominant in women, but that doesn't mean it's a feminine intolerance. Just because it can be found in women doesn't make it something that men should be embarrassed to have. It's a shit situation, regardless of your sex. Like that in itself is just insane. That just by the fact that women are more likely to have it, that it's something embarrassing for men to have. That that just doesn't surprise me at all, any of that. I mean, it should, but yeah, it doesn't. Right. Uh, number three, uh, it's been said a couple of times, actually, that they think there's an age poo gap. 
Um, so that it's not really something that's spoken about in in older generations and that, that younger people are much more free. And, and I guess we have found this from our guests that when they first um, often look to places like Instagram or Facebook or whatever, um, if this was 10 years ago, that there was nothing with anybody talking openly about um, gut health or or um, irritations or, or whatever. Um, and then a direct quote from my father um, who I who I messaged to to ask, you know, do you think there's anything about gender poo gap? He just replied, "You will never know my poo secrets." I'm like, I Ooh. I wasn't asking, <laughs> I wasn't asking, um, but I think he he didn't oh, want to talk about it at all. Like it was like, no, thank you. And I'm like, that's totally fine. Can I also just clarify, Dad? I wasn't asking. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want. I don't want to know your poo secrets. Yeah, I was you just really wondering. don't want to know your dad's poo. <laughs> I don't want to know. And now I think my dad thinks I'm like this poo pervert. Like, he's like, tell me about your poo, dad. Like, I was That's just very, wondering. very interesting. I think that could be down to the fact that young people, all they do now, from what I've heard, is teenagers now just take a shit and then put it on Snapchat. I swear to God, that's what they're doing these days. So no, what older people aren't used to that. Because if you wanted to do that, you'd have maybe, I don't know, had to send it in the post or send a letter with a picture of it. Yeah. And- a Polaroid picture. Now you can just put it on Instagram. Right. I had this sent in. We had one toilet at work and I was always really scared to poo at the office and all my female counterparts seemed to feel the same, but not the men. Often I would come home in really bad pain because I hadn't pooed all day. A lot of dialogue in the office that if somebody did poo, you would stink the place out. And if somebody did a stinky poo, the heads would all turn to the women trying to joke about which one it was. But we all knew that the men were the only ones who pooed at work anyway. Um... And then a mix of the gender poo gap and the gender pay gap. Uh, a friend of mine sent a voice note with her and her dad talking about the gender poo gap. And they discussed how uh, when he was at work, uh, the executive toilets on the top floor where he worked were very lux- luxurious. And he noticed that lots of women would come up to that floor just to use the luxury toilets. Uh, my mate then pointed out to her dad that, that did that mean that the ladies toilets were in fact shit and he said no there weren't any ladies toilets on the executive floor interesting i like this one in an office i worked in there were only two of us that were girls and just one toilet and we would tell each other when we would go do a poo so as to tell them maybe not go in there for 10 minutes but because there were boys in the office and we didn't want them to know we were talking about poo we used to call it a brad because it was a brad pit which was a shit so we just used to say just done a brad hunt and we're pretty sure all the boys knew what we were talking about but it made us feel better (laughs) (laughs) i love that that is brilliant (laughs) um a last one i don't care about girls discussing uh these things or being open what i would say is that most people don't want to go to the toilet after a bloke has been doing a poo far more so than if a woman has just done one and i don't know why I can offer some potential insight into that. I think women are more concerned about the smell. So they will they will go to greater lengths in order to cover it up. Do you know I don't I don't know if inherently men's shit smell worse, but I I think a women spend less time there so this this actual smell has less time sort of sitting in the toilet waiting to sort of just, you know, pass around in the bathroom women Mm. are doing the poo and flushing it away a bit quicker so it doesn't have as long to sort of permeate the bathroom also i think women would be more conscious about spraying or spraying before or spraying after i think that would be at the forefront see for me it's about the bottom the idea of sitting my bare bottom on a toilet seat where a woman's bare bottom has been 
for some reason seems okay, like much more easier to deal with than the idea of sitting putting my bare ass on a place where um, a man's bum has been. What? That Wait, it, it's do you not. Hover? Huh? Do you hover then? No, sit on sit on the toilet seat. Right. Placing. When when I sit on the toilet seat. Yes. Well, it's the idea that it's touching the same bit of the toilet seat where, like, a man has just been sat with his sweaty, hairy bum. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to bum high five you. But you don't, you don't take any action. You just feel uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not, it's not. Oh, no, no, I don't hover. But like at work, we, we have gender neutral toilets at work, which, oh my God, I've only just realized as I'm saying that out loud. We do. We all use the same toilets. And there is something to me about knowing that some of the blokes have been in there sat on the toilet doing poo. For some reason, it's just the fact that our, our bums would be doing a little bum high five. Just going back to then the smellier poos, you, d- you don't think, sorry, when you said it's the bottom, you don't actually think men have naturally sort of smellier bums, or do you? No, no, but I just don't think there is, ni- I think women have much nicer bottoms than men. Yes. Unless like you're, you're a male model. A male more interesting. Okay, I I found that whole segment very interesting, and it's given me food for thought in regards to the age poo gap. Yes, um, and based on our statistics, not very many people in that older age bracket are listening to the podcast. So if you're still with us, well done. Stop what you're doing. Let's talk about pooing. So this is the part of the show where we read out a listener's tale or bagnard or fart fable. What have we got in the bum book? In the bum book, we have a lovely little ditty. This is called Coffee Shop Pant Drop. So, before this story, I'd pooed myself approximately once in my life the year before. But I'd never really thought about it other than that it was a funny thing that I never thought would happen again. So I'd been working in a coffee shop in Vauxhall and I lived in Battersea, so it was about a 45-minute walk to work. One morning, I had to open up the coffee shop and was supposed to get there at 7am, so left my house at 6.15 after having a bowl of porridge and a coffee. I walk quite quickly, generally, and have to walk through this no-man's land between Battersea and Vauxhall. There's not really anything there, and on this walk, I suddenly felt that feeling. We all know it, that moment where your tummy just moves and not in a good way at all, and I thought, oh god, this is bringing back some deja poo. But don't start thinking about it, you'll make it worse. You can literally make yourself poo yourself if you think too much about it. Well, I can anyway. That's quite a skill. (laughs) I I tried to tell myself it was going to be fine, just listen to some music, but it soon became abundantly clear that that was not going to work. So I thought, okay, problem solved. I'm going to get on a bus. You are not going to make it if you walk. So I looked for the bus. It was about four minutes away, which feels like forever in London anyway, let alone if you think you're going to shit yourself. There was a woman also waiting at the bus stop and I was doing some frantic pacing to try and keep my mind off it and she looked at me and said, the bus is coming and I realised I must have looked like someone who was really, really terrified about being late for work and said, yeah, yeah, thank you and went back to frantically pacing. Anyway, the bus came and I then had the realisation that no, no, I actually can't get on a bus because if I get on a bus, I will shit myself on the bus and that will be so much worse than if I just pooed my pants on my own on the street in the dark of the morning. I cannot get on the bus. At this point, it was 6.55 and I'm still a 20-minute walk away from work. So I go and frantically bang on the door of a waitrose to a man setting up the flowers inside. I said, please, can you let me in? I really need to go to the loo. I'm really not very well. 
He replied coldly, we don't open till eight and turned away. That is horrible. (laughs) Oh God. I thought, oh my God, at this point, I'm just looking for alleyways where I can go for a shit. You know, when you are walking, but crouching because you're trying to tuck your ass under so much to stop the poo coming. I was practically thrusting, walking and squatting all at once. Then I suddenly saw a posh block of flats with a reception desk and a concierge. So I went in and begged the receptionist to use their loo. She looked at me a bit funny, but then she let me go and I tried to walk over as normally as I could. I made it to the loo, sort of, but did most of it in my pants. I had to to chuck my pants in the bin, have a little wash. I rang my boss and told her I'd been sick, but it's okay, I can still come in. And actually, as soon as I got into work, then told everyone there that I'd shat myself and did an entire shift in a coffee shop without any pants on. The end. There is not a sentence of that I don't relate to. <laughs> Evie, you look it's, I can actually feel so sad because I've banged on shops that aren't open, gone into buildings, gyms that I don't n- belong in, which is all of them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just begging desperately for a toilet. And it's just... And then the final twist of the knife of just getting to the toilet, but then... The psychological aspect, it kicks in, you know you're there and your body just won't hold it anymore and you shit your pants. And whoever that person is, I'm going to think about that every single time I feel that urge, which let's face it, it's a weekly basis. But thank you so much for sending in your turtle and thank you to everybody else who sent in stories so far. Please keep them coming. They are just wonderful and we love them. And even if they gross us out, we still read them out because it's just fucking funny. And it does make me feel a little bit better. So this is selfish endeavour, really. That's why we're um, doing it. But thank you so much to everybody that has listened and downloaded. There have been quite a few new ones in the past couple of weeks. So if you are new here, welcome. Welcome. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, hopefully, I mean, this episode, you know, it's not a good barometers to the quality uh, but there are some <laughs> other actually good ones <laughs> when we actually talk to to guests it's it's really um it's really good when we're left on our own we do fear that uh that all chaos ensues really and we do have an excellent guest coming up which will be zoe mckenzie of actively autoimmune uh talking about autoimmune disease and living with a catheter um so that would be hopefully great um hopefully and- great well, as in, I know it's great because we've recorded it already, but hopefully you'll find it great. Oh, I'm look, with you. Look, guys, it's going to be great. Um, it's going to be huge. Um, and uh, also, please do rate, review and subscribe uh, on the um, app that wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to email us anything in, the email is thepoodcastofficial at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on the socials, we are at the underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Have I missed anything out? Uh, we have a lovely website that you can check out and it's oh, yes. uh, at thepoodcast.com where you can find out uh, guests that will be coming up in the series and a little bit more about the guests who have already come on and a little bit about, about us and, and why we why we do this. And why in we're not in prison. bloody first place. Um, and thank you all. I hope we have a deja poo with you all very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you.